much of an integration of something do you have to have into your practice to actually make it meaningful? Here's what I mean. If you're trying to be inclusive with your holiday decorations, what is the ratio of one holiday to the other that would that is best? That um, how much of it do you have to integrate? What percentage of your decorations need to be for each holiday? For it's more than just lip service, and it's actually inclusive. Hello there, I'm Chuck. I'm an educator. And I have a new job this year, and a new commute, and a new podcast, which is this. You're riding along shotgun on today's Drive Time Diary. Uh, we post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Caught myself. It's just me. I post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, on topics related to education, and my faith, and my family, and pop culture, and politics, and just how all those mush together, because I like to be a whole integrated individual and so one thing I'm striving for is the same Mr. C. Baker for math you get in math class is as, as close as possible to the same one that you get um, out in the community uh, and so wondering about these holiday decorations and inclusion inclusion is really important to me uh, but I think some people are just doing it to check a box here's what I mean there's an educator I follow on Instagram that uh, put up a reel last week of her decorating her classroom. And she, she pulls this giant Tupperware tub, Rubbermaid, Rubbermaid tub out of a cabinet. And uh, there's different clips of her putting out the candy canes and the red and green garland and the stockings and the and the Christmas tree in the corner and a couple other things and they're all very Christmas colored things now they're they're not Christian Christmas they are um, secular Christmas quote-unquote I don't think I saw anything that was like baby Jesus nativity um, religious celebration of Christmas in those Uh, but it was still Christmas. Like, the vast majority of the room was Christmas. Uh, whichever part of of that um, secular or, or Christian, like, to what degree uh, you believe that Christmas is a secular holiday or, or whatever, uh, it was all Christmassy things. And then, in the corner, she puts this Christmas tree, and at the base of the Christmas tree, she puts... Um, three different things that are at best shoebox sized Um, one of them for Hanukkah one of them for pretty sure Kwanzaa and then the other one I couldn't really tell maybe it was um, Diwali at the Festival of Light Uh, and then she put something at the end gotta be inclusive Um, like I don't, I, I didn't have a conversation with this individual about where inclusivity is in her heart, but Christmas, Christmas, Christmas all, of our, all around the room, and then three extra little things at the bottom of a Christmas tree, um, like, says to me that the focus in this room is Christmas, and 
oh yeah, I want to feel good about being an inclusive person, so let me put these things at the bottom also. I don't think that's inclusivity. I think if you, uh, so this, this person's a sixth grade teacher, so I think that uh, her students would be old enough that they could create their own decorations for the classroom. They could do that themselves. Like, this happens in elementary often in um, classrooms where the kids make the space. The kids' work makes makes the decorations. Like, I think she definitely could have had sixth graders that made Hanukkah decorations in the Sixth graders that made Kwanzaa decorations. And then also some Christmas decorations also. So, um, there was a way where she very much could have made that inclusive, where where the kids were behind telling their holiday stories, and the kids were behind the decorations in the room, and that would have been a a truer model of inclusion, rather than just here's the thing I bought to stick on the counter underneath this Christmas tree in the room that is obviously Christmas decorated. And there's there's other ways that we do that also. Um, just off the top of my head, because that's kind of the way this podcast works. Uh, typically, haven't done any any uh, real preparation for it. Uh, but other other ways where we have diversity or, or inclusivity uh, as lip service uh, into our um, our society. Uh, Sometimes I, I know that professional sports leagues have diversity hiring um, policies in their. I don't know if it's bylaws, but in their governing documents. And the intention of that is to increase the diversity of front office staff on those professional sports organizations, uh, front office staff, coaches, coaching staff, trainers, um, all throughout the organization, you're, you're getting more than just African-Americans as the athletes. You're getting them all throughout. And I think that's incredibly important. Um, they're, they're, it, it's weird and obviously racist when um, the majority of a, of a sport, the athletes, the ones that are the product, um, would be African American and um, most of the front office and ownership and general manager and all those things uh, wouldn't also be African American. Like I don't know why that wouldn't make sense. Um, and so, in some cases, uh, we need those policies as an anti-racist um, mechanism, as a way to ensure that um, opportunities are being made. Uh, but I don't know. I don't have the answer to this. But I think um, some people say, "Hey, we hired the." We had the African American, or we we interview the African American candidates. Ding, I'm diverse, uh, and and they're doing it, you know, only because they don't want to get fined or sued or anything like that. Um, I don't know what the path is through that, uh, but it's it's lip service inclusivity, diversity, not like really being committed to it. I think you you can tell the organizations that are really committed to it. Those are the organizations that actually have uh, those diverse hires within their organization. Like it actually happens. They don't just interview them, they're hiring them. Uh, I think this happens in universities also. There's the affirmative action version of 
getting racially diverse uh, student bodies, um, uh, ethnically diverse student bodies, uh, ability diverse student bodies. Um, another one I'm thinking of, I can't think of. Um, gender diverse student bodies. There's like the Title IX affirmative action version of that, and then there's actually being committed to that. Actually being committed to empowering women uh, beyond just checking the box that you have the Title IX coordinator person. Um, actually taking steps to attract and support uh, ethnically and racially diverse student bodies um, so that they can have success and they can look like a Mizzou student, to use, to use my alma mater, or a Maryville University student, to use another school I went to, or a uh, UMSL student, or a Lindenwood student, to use other schools here in, in town. Um, how we do those things are, are really important, and I don't want to say that if people aren't going to do them for real, we should just take them off, because in a lot of ways, things become normal and things become important finally to people because the law tells them they have to. And sometimes organizations only start doing things, at least, uh, out of compliance. That's like the whole point of laws. Um, people start doing them out of compliance. I got into the habit of paying my taxes out of com out of compliance, right? Um, and so I, I guess I think without that compliance, um, some, some organizations wouldn't do those things at all for inclusivity, and there would just be no door open um, for people in that case, or there would be no representation for people in spaces without people doing lip service inclusivity. But um, tell me if I'm wrong here. Here's where the interactivity uh, takes place. Send me a message on X at Chuck C. Baker, send me a message on Instagram at Mr. C. Baker for math or at Drive Time Diary. Send me a voice message here on Spotify. Uh, here's, here's what I can't answer for myself. If you're a person who gets opportunities and doors are opened and spaces look more like you and um, your identities and your representations that, that you wear, um, if you get more of those opportunities, A, I guess, is it obvious when people or organizations are doing it just because they have to or just to check a box is that apparent and also does that make a difference like um are are you glad that people made the effort at all uh or is that a situation where um what's even the, the point um let's do it for real or not do it at all uh, that's a that's a genuine question i have um, about inclusivity and, and diversity and um, equity and accessibility, all the all of the DEIA words. Frankly, um, I was talking about inclusivity just for here, but I think that that goes for all of the initiatives in that realm. Um, so that's all my thoughts there. Uh, let me know what you think about uh, inclusive holiday. Uh, decorations. Uh, let me know what you think about lip service inclusivity or diversity or equity or accessibility. Lip service to all the DEIAs uh, and uh, just sound off. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. 
And thanks for being on this drive. We will see you on the next drive. Thanks for riding shotgun today. Be safe.